Are you ready to talk baseball? Well, step up to the plate. You're listening to Passion for the Pastime. And here's your host, Walter. Hey, how's it going, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Hope you're doing well, staying safe, and being healthy out there. On this episode of the podcast, we will be talking about a team from the NL East. And no, it is not the Atlanta Braves, although there's plenty to talk about with the Atlanta Braves. I mean, what do you want to talk about? You want to talk about the MVP, reigning MVP of Freddie Freeman? You want to get into Ronald Acuna, Ozzie Albies, Marcelo Suna? What do you want to talk about with the Braves? Everyone is talking about the Braves. Braves running away with that division in projections, right? People aren't really giving anyone else a chance in that division. So the Braves... I mean, they literally came a few outs away from getting to the NLCS before they had that, or or to the World Series before they had that collapse in the NLCS against the Dodgers last year. So, you got the Braves, who are the favorites. They're the favorites going into the into the year. But then you have the guys in New York. You have the Mets, who they've been very busy this offseason. They have been working their butts off. Got Francisco Lindor in there. I mean, the Mets are looking to make a playoff push. They're looking to be a a factor in the NL East. But that's not who we're talking about here either. You want to talk about the Nationals? Nationals just a few years removed. Got Juan Soto over there. A few years removed from their World Series title. Still got one of the best uh, starting rotations in all of baseball with Strasburg and, and, and Max Scherzer. But we're not talking to them either. We're talking about the team that everyone seems to forget when you talk about the NL East. And granted, you only get talked about as much as you're successful, right? If, if you're successful, teams, players, people around the game are going to be talking about you, fans. But the Phillies have not been that. And that's who we're talking about on this episode of the podcast. We're going to be joined a little bit later with Matt Gelb, the beat writer for the Philadelphia Phillies of The Athletic. We'll talk to him a little bit later. But the Phillies, everyone seems to not be talking about the Phillies. Even when you look at projections, I haven't seen any scenario that gives the Phillies the division. Granted, they have some issues that... They have to figure out, and mainly, you know, what we're going to talk to uh, Matt Gelb about is the bullpen. The bullpen is the biggest eyesore from last year, like career historical lows in that category for the Phillies. It was embarrassing, but you look at the offensive side, I mean, hell, they were, I want to say they were top five in runs scored, so the Phillies, I feel like there's a, a little bit of a opportunity for the Phillies to seize um, coming up in 2021. And they did just sign arguably the best catcher in all of baseball, JT, JT Rio Milto. They brought him back. Brought back Didi Gregorius. You know, and, and, and they have a lot of that starting offensive power that they had last year. They'll get more of Alec Bohm. I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll have a lot to look forward to this year. 
have a lot of competition going in there. You already know who their their starting three is going to be. But how do they round out that rotation? And then what do they do in the outfield? I mean, that's the one biggest question that I have for Matt Gelb. What are they going to do in center field? <laughs> like, it seems like almost everyone in, ca- in camp is eligible for that position. So, yes, the Phillies aren't perfect. I get that. But they're not to be overlooked either. They are not to be overlooked uh, in the NL East. NL East, I mean, it's probably one of the most competitive divisions, I would say, in the National League by far. So would I be surprised that the Phillies just came out and won the division in 2021? I wouldn't. I didn't even mention Bryce Harper yet. (laughs) Like, they have Bryce Harper on that team. You can't count him out. He's been on fire. I mean, he had he had a great year last year. Ended it with a little bit of an injury, but he he looks like he's going to be fine. Reese Hoskins, what's going to happen there? But yeah, with JT Real Muto, I mean, he he just got an injury, which we hope to get a little bit more information on on that when we talk to Matt Gelb of the Athletic. But the the Phillies, like I said. You overlook someone. Have you ever been overlooked in your life? Or have you ever overlooked someone and they pleasantly surprised you? I mean, it happens to me all the time. Whether it be at work, whether it be, you know, someone that you don't expect to do much for you. And then all of a sudden they turn out to be a, 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 key, a key piece or a key component of what you're doing. And for me, honestly... I love when people overlook me. Just just saying that. I, I love when people overlook me because, you know, it, it gives you a sense of, well, I got nothing to lose. So let me go out there and give it my best. And also, let me prove them wrong. I feel like you have that mentality all throughout the Phillies organization, the Phillies team. I mean, the bullpen has to be better than last year, right? <laughs> I mean, it has to be. It has to be. They brought in a few pieces to improve it. There's no From the bottom, there's nowhere you can go but up. You can't go lower than where they were last year. So it's going to be really interesting to see what the Phillies do this year. They have a lot of questions going into camp. Like many teams, no one is perfect. No one is perfect, unless you're the Dodgers. But even the Dodgers have their own questions. I mean, I was just, I was just seeing uh, not too long ago that Clayton Kershaw wants to play past 2021. Does that mean he's not going to be a Dodger? Maybe he goes to the Phillies. I don't know. Just throw that, throw that out there. <laughs> but it's going to be a really interesting season. And with all those questions, Matt Gelb of The Athletic, beat writer for the Philadelphia Phillies, he has those answers. And we're going to be talking with him coming up next. You're listening to Passion for the Pastime Podcast. All right, here we go. Walter here for Passion for the Pastime, and we're going to get into the Philadelphia Phillies, which 
you know, last year and in prior years, the Phillies have not lived up to expectations. They had a horrendous bullpen last year, trying to find out what's going on with Reese Hoskins, trying to find out what the extent of the injury is for JT Rumilto. But we're going to talk Phillies baseball on this episode of the podcast. So without further ado, joining me today on the podcast, I have a very special guest beat writer for the Philadelphia Phillies. For The Athletic, I have Matt Gelb. Matt, how are you doing today, man? Good, Walter. I'm making my way to Florida for spring training. It's, uh, I'm driving. It's, it's going to be it's a different kind of experience, but uh, it's, you know, it's a sign that baseball is almost back. Yeah, baseball is coming up quick, man. We're uh, we're getting into the first weeks, pitchers and catchers reporting. Really exciting, but, you know, you're saying you're driving. Are, are you driving right now, or are you heading down to Clearwater right now as we speak? I am, yeah. I'm actually, uh, I'm some. I'm in Florence, South Carolina. I'm close to uh, getting to my, my goal was to get to the Savannah area on uh, my first day of driving, and then I can uh, finish off the, the drive to Clearwater uh, tomorrow. So yeah, I mean this is new. This is a new thing for me. I mean you just have to be flying down to Spring, and and uh, I've never done the drive before, so it's it's uh, it's been an interesting drive. Yeah, I was just about to ask, is this a yearly thing that you do? But I would I would assume this is because of uh, COVID, right? You're not flying down. You're taking the drive. Yeah, I just I just trying to be extra careful. I mean I probably could have flown it, but uh, I'm. I'm somewhat paranoid i guess so i just thought it would be uh just you know decide to drive so i'm driving <laughs> hey no, nothing wrong with precaution man nothing wrong with precaution for sure um in these times but how, how long of a drive is that for you from philadelphia to clearwater how long would that take you well so the the first leg today is gonna end up being uh probably about 10 and a half, it's probably gonna be about 11 hours the first leg from from where i left home in philly uh, to get to Savannah, and I, I actually haven't even looked at it. I think from Savannah to Clearwater, it's going to be maybe like another five or six hours or so. Uh, so, you know, just a straight shot down I-95. I mean, <laughs> pretty much I've been on 95 all day. That's uh, the only road. Man, that, that, is a, that, that is a journey, man. That is a dedication at its finest. Let, take take me inside your car real quick. Take me what 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 is the 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 road trip vibe? What are you listening to on your way down to to Savannah right now and all the way down to Clearwater? Well, I've been trying to like catch up with a few people that I've been meaning to catch up with. So I did a lot of phone calls today, which has been good. Uh, I like being on the phone. Uh, I've been listening to a book, uh, Don Wilson's. Uh, is the author. It's called Savages. It was recommended to me by a couple of friends, and uh, I'm, I don't know, I'm like two hours or so into that. And uh, my car, the vibe, I mean, I did, uh, I just did a Panera drive through uh, dinner, which was, uh, which was great. And uh, I don't know, I, I, I've kept a pretty clean car so far, which is not going to last because I'm going to be using this car for you know, two weeks in Florida and, and the grapefruit league is not like the cactus league. There is a lot of driving in the grapefruit league. <laughs> yeah. Is, is it a, is it more spaced out over there in Florida? It is. And, and this spring, I guess, you know, it's going to be a little different because they're going to play, uh, they're playing what they're going to call pods, but really it's not really a pod. They're just going to play closer, uh, okay. teams, but really, I mean, the Phillies, the Phillies, uh, every spring, except for this spring, usually will take at least two trips to, 
uh, Fort Myers, Florida, which is about two hours and 45 minutes from Clearwater. Oh, wow. And I mean, there's, there's the only, you know, there's one, you know, the Blue Jays are in Dunedin, which is about 10 minutes from, from where the Phillies are. But other than that, everything else is pretty much a half hour at least away. And most of the stuff is an hour to an hour and a half away from Clearwater. So it's, it's very spread out. It's nothing like Phoenix and the Arizona, uh, you know, the Cactus League. So they, I think years ago I'm dating myself, um, but players, I've heard a player who used to call it the iPod League uh, because you would be, you know, on the bus all the time, and you'd be, you'd have your iPod, and that's, yeah. that's essentially what the Great Fruit League is. But now maybe it's the Podcast League. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, podcast. Hey, maybe they're going to listen to our podcast, man. You never know. Um, so, so yeah, no, that that's crazy. The Cactus League. I mean, I've been down to spring training um, every so often. I haven't been in, in quite a while, but yeah, it's very condensed. It's very close together. I think the furthest I, I traveled for a game, because uh, I stayed in Scottsdale, I'm a Giants fan, and um, and I think the far, farthest I traveled was like maybe 45 minutes. Maybe. like That's a, that's a big maybe. But um, awesome, man. You're heading down to Clearwater. Baseball is right around the corner. Pitchers and catchers reporting. We got a lot to talk about uh, with the Phillies. Mainly, I mean, before you even got down there, the story of it was uh, JT Real Milto. Uh, he he had an injury. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, he, he, it's kind of a freak thing. I mean, he was catching uh, a bullpen session with uh, Jose Alvarado, who's one of the relievers they acquired this off season, and he went to go block a uh, breaking ball in the dirt, and he took a weird hop off the dirt and ended up hitting him in, which is his. Uh, the hand that, you know, he, he doesn't have precisely by a glove. And, you know, for a couple of days, he's thinking, oh, it kind of feels weird. It's a little sore. Uh, and then it was too sore. And, he, and the doctors, the trainers say, well, we might, we should probably get this checked out. And it turns out he broke uh, his thumb. And so he's probably going to miss uh, most of spring training. He's in a cast. He is able to actually still take swings, uh, even though he's in the cast. And he can still catch, too, because he, it's a throwing game. He just can't throw a baseball, and he probably can't swing, you know, 100% right now. But, you know, they, they're hopeful that he'll be ready by opening day. I, I think even if he misses time, it won't be very much time in the regular season. You know, the biggest thing is that he's going to miss most of spring training, and some guys will tell you that that's important. Other guys will tell you that it's not that important. I mean, you know, look, it's not the worst thing in the world that the 30-year, you know, soon-to-be 30-year-old catcher is going to get, uh, you know, a little bit of a lighter spring workload. I mean, it, you know, this guy isn't, you know, he, he, he just needs a little bit of time to get his swing down. He doesn't need all the reps, you know, that that other guys need uh, in spring training. So, you know, <laughs> it's, it's an unfortunate injury for the Phillies, but, uh, you know, the timing of it, you know, probably couldn't be better. I mean, it happened – in the first week of spring training, which means that he has a lot of time uh, to get back uh, on the field. So rather he'd rather have it happen in the first week of spring training than the first week of the season. So, you know, we'll see. I, I, I would guess that he'll be ready around opening day, but it might not be right on opening day. If he isn't ready to go, um, who is that next guy to step up in the Phillies organization? Who's the backup plan? That's actually a Cal Bear, uh, Andrew Knapp, who... Uh, you know, actually, you know, played quite a bit last year because Real Muto was hurt with a hip injury, and they also had the DH in the National League, so Matt was able to get more at bats, and he did play well. I mean, he was kind of a, 
a whipping boy for the Phillies fan base uh, two years ago in 2019. He just wasn't very good and didn't play very much and, you know, came up small in some big spots. But, I mean, he's a backup catcher. And, and as far as backup catchers go, uh, he's pretty solid. I mean, his 2020 season was terrific. And he played more. And that's the thing. You know, the more you play, you know, the better rhythm you can get into, the more consistent at-bats you can have, the better you're feeling. Uh, and so they're, they're confident in that. I mean, if it's if it's a, a long absence, then, you know, obviously the drop-off is significant. You know, Romuto is one of the best catchers in baseball, if not the best. And Andrew Knapp is a backup catcher. So if it's a one-week thing or a two-week thing, you know, the drop-off is there, but it's not it's not crippling. Uh, so they're, they're confident in that. They're paying him a little more than $1 million this year, which is pretty good money for a backup catcher. So that tells you their confidence in him. Sticking with the theme of injury here, uh, do you have an update on Reese Hoskins as to when he can step back onto the diamond? So he's pretty much been a full go so far. I mean, he is not uh, hes not 100%. There are still some, some, some barriers, some tests that he has to pass for them, but he's been swinging. Uh, he's been doing drills in the field. Uh, he had elbow surgery right after the season ended. It wasn't Tommy John surgery. It was... Uh, it wasn't a full ligament replacement. It was, it was, he injured that ligament that typically is associated with Tommy John surgery, the older collateral ligament, but they didn't need to do the Tommy John surgery. So it was kind of a step below that. Uh, and they're, they're optimistic that he is going to be ready for them full go on opening day. I think it remains to be seen. I mean, look, he's going to start to test it a little more as we get into these workouts and as we get into the games. I don't think you're going to see him you know, play in, in the first exhibition game. They're probably going to be, he's probably going to be a little behind everybody else. Uh, but so far, so good. I mean, I think what you'll see possibly early in the season is that uh, Brad Miller or Alec Bohm uh, get some time at first base. You know, Hoskins probably won't play every game uh, to start the season. They'll probably look to give him one or two games off a week, uh, which is fine because that's one of the reasons why they signed Brad Miller because he can play left field and, third base and then the first base uh, and a lot of people honestly see Alec Bohm's future as first base so they have some backup options there and uh, so far so good with Hoskins and when you look at, I mean, they, they're dealing with injury problems right now. Spring training may not be as big of an issue as to when you get to, say, August, September, right? So they're dealing with those issues at the moment. But a big issue for the Phillies last year in 2020 was their bullpen. Uh, going into spring training, what, who are you looking at to be a big difference maker um, in that bullpen? Well, I mean, you first have to look at the biggest signing they made, and that was Archie Bradley, uh, who signed a, a one-year deal for $6 million. It's not a huge signing when you compare it to other contracts that were given out. But, you know, Bradley brings a presence at the back of the bullpen that they really didn't have last year. He's a guy who's pitched in the seventh and the eighth and the ninth innings for, for good teams. He's pitched in the playoffs before. Uh, I'm curious to see whether he becomes the closer this spring. I mean, right now, Joe Girardi, the manager, has said that uh, he wants to have roles, but that he doesn't know who's going to fill those roles yet. He's willing to you know, be open-minded about who his closer will be, and they have Hector Neris, who has been the closer for most of the last you know, three seasons or so. So Bradley is going to come in with a chance to win it, though. I mean, Neris had a disappointing year last year, just like everybody who was in the Phillies bullpen. It was you know, 
possibly the worst bullpen in the history of baseball. It was that bad. I mean, it was incredibly bad. So it can't be any worse than it was last year. And I do think it's going to be better. I don't think it's a good bullpen, though. I mean, it's still a bad bullpen. The difference, though, being that it's not historically bad. So, I mean, if they have, like, the, the 20th or 21st ranked bullpen this season, I mean, that's going to be a huge upgrade from where they were last year. So, you know, I'm looking at Bradley. I'm looking for a guy like, like Alvarado who comes over from the Rays, and you're always kind of scratching your head, like, oh, the Rays give up on a guy. You're like, man, eh, that's not a good sign. The Rays usually know more than most teams do, and they're pretty smart about who – they keep and who they get rid of. But Alvarado is a big lefty. He's got big stuff, throws hard, uh, you know, hasn't had a good season, you know, since really 2018. He's had some injuries. I'm, I'm curious to see how he looks in camp. And then one of the guys who I'm fascinated to see is is a guy who got some time to the Phillies last year, a rookie named Connor Brockton, who was, was not good when he came up at first in August. But then by the end of the year, in, in the last two weeks of September, he was a different pitcher. He was throwing 97, 98, 99 at times uh, with, with a power breaking ball. He had some incredible appearances for them at the end of the season. Uh, I believe he struck out, I think he struck out not the last nine batters he faced uh, to end the season, or eight, eight or nine of the last batters he faced. And, and he was a guy that just kind of came out of nowhere. He was a 10th round pick, uh, a little older. So if, if, he, if that guy from the end of September shows up this spring, uh, he's a guy who's going to get uh, some big-time innings for them. I think the big theme here uh, for the Phillies going into this uh, spring training is that there's going to be a lot of competition. Right, and, and there's going to be um, that battle in the bullpen, battle even for the starters, um, because... You know, the top three, it's pretty easy to know. You got Nola, you got Eflin, you got Wheeler. But who do you see slotting in there um, with those fourth and fifth spots of the rotation? It's a great question. You're right. There's going to be way more competition this spring. I mean, more competition they've had in a long time. I mean, they, they've essentially gone into the spring for the last few years pretty much with a set rotation. I mean, there was very few rotation competitions in the spring over the last five years and that is not the case this year i mean they have quite a few guys who are going to be competing essentially as you said for two spots they have vince velasquez who has you know been around for a while now he's he's made 99 starts in the Phillies, which is kind of hard to believe because uh it, it feels like he's always like one start away from losing his rotation spot uh they have spencer howard uh who is another uh, California guy who uh, is, is their top pitching prospect. He had a disappointing debut last year. You know, had some injury stuff at the end with a shoulder. Kind of curious to see how many innings he's going to be able to throw this year. They're not really sure. And then they went out and spent $7 million total to sign two veteran guys. Matt Moore, who comes back uh, he pitched in Japan last year. Uh, former Giant Matt Moore. And, uh, and Chase Anderson, who for years was a pretty solid like mid-rotation guy for the Brewers. Did not have a good year last year with the Blue Jays. Gave up a ton of home runs, uh, which is which is kind of a red flag. But, you know, those four guys are, are competing essentially for two spots in rotation. Uh, and and three of them, I would think, will be on the opening day roster. I, I, I kind of think that if Howard doesn't get a rotation spot out of the spring, he's probably going to start a triple-A. Um, but 
what they've done is they've, they've added depth. And, and, and it's important because when you think about it, the last few years they were going with all these young pitchers internally. And some of them had great upside. Some, some of them had really good stuff. But they just didn't have any good backup plans. And as we know, I mean, like, you need to have more options than the, the five starters you break camp with. I mean, it's just a reality, especially in 2021. I mean, teams are going to be churning through starting pitchers this year. I mean, it's not it's going to be like anything we've ever seen. I mean, it's going to be crazy. And I think that's what the Phillies had in mind when they were going out and signing some of these guys. Because they've signed, you know, a better starting pitcher for $8 million instead of spreading $7 million around to Chase Anderson and Matt Moore. Yeah, they could have. But I think they were looking at volume here. And it makes a lot of sense. Because if, if one of those guys isn't good, well, then you just plug the other guy in. I mean, I, I think it makes sense. Now, when you compare their rotation to the rest of the National League East, it, it doesn't look as good. And the Mets and the Braves and the Nationals have better rotations than the Phillies. I mean, it's simple as that. The Phillies are really going to be banking on those top three guys. Yeah, and, and I mean, when, when you look at the Phillies – you just kind of said that with the rotation, but as far as their offense goes, how do they stack up to the rest of the NL East? Pretty good, I think. I mean, they had a solid offense last year. They're essentially running it back. It's really the same lineup uh, in 2021 as it was in 2020. They're going to get a full season of Alec Bohm, who came up and uh, finished in the top three of Rookie of the Year voting. It was really, uh, he was tremendous. Uh, yeah, I mean, amazing approach. For, for a young player at the plate, he uses the whole field. He's got power in all fields. Uh, you know, really impressive debut for Bone. So they get a full season of him. And you know, they were fourth, I think, in the National League and run scored last year. They, they were a team that got on base. They get for power. Uh, it's, a, it's a lineup that's, that's pretty deep. I mean, G. Gregorius is probably going to be hitting, I don't know, like <clears throat> six, fifth or six maybe on most nights. And, it's a solid lineup, but the question is going to be, can they keep a lot of these guys healthy? I mean, there's a little bit of an older lineup. You know, I mean, Real Muto's a year older. Andrew McCutcheon's 34. It's the last year of his contract. You know, how much is he going to be able to play in left field? Uh, Gregorius is 31. I mean, there's not a lot of 31-year-old starting shortstops in the majors. It's, it's just, I mean, 31 doesn't seem old, but it is old for a starting shortstop, and you know, Gene Segura is 31 now. I mean, it, you know, so they have to keep these guys on the field. Uh, you know, Bryce Harper is his prime. You know, he's going to be he had a t- tremendous 60-game season last year, and he was playing hurt, too. I mean, they have all the makings of, of a really solid lineup again. And, and yeah, I mean, you, you got it. I mean, their ticket, if they're going to, you know, surprise people in the NLEs this year, it's going to be because they hit for a lot of power, they score a lot of runs, they get on base. Their top three starters, Nola, Eflin, Wheeler, are really good. And the bullpen is just kind of bad, not really bad. I mean, that's kind of their formula that they're looking at, uh, you know, to try to make some noise in the NL East. But it's going to be hard. I mean, it's a, it's a really good division. You know, I don't think – I think uh, NL East was the division that spent the most money this offseason on free agents and uh, – you know, not having expanded playoffs probably hurts the Phillies more uh, than, than, than a lot of teams. I mean, it's crazy to think that the Phillies probably should have made the playoffs last year despite being, uh, you know, a really flawed team. I mean, if they would have won the final day of the season, they would have made the playoffs. 
and that was because there was eight teams in the playoffs. This year now we're back to five, it looks like, for now, we think. And, and that, that makes it much harder for them, obviously. Yeah, I was definitely hoping for the expanded playoffs, too, because the Giants, I mean, they were in the same same boat last year. And uh, going back to five, going to be a little rough. <laughs> going to be a little rough, especially with Tatis and the Dodgers and the Padres. Oh, man, it's, it's rough over here. But the, I, I would say the Phillies kind of have uh, the same scenario over there uh, in the East, maybe even a, a little bit tougher um, because of those, those stacked uh, – you know, starting rotations in, in New York and, and that beefy offense in Atlanta. So it's going to be a really interesting year, to say the least, in the East. Um, but last question for you, Matt, and then I'll let you go, man, so you can drive safe to Savannah. Um, you, you mentioned Andrew McCutcheon and you mentioned Bryce Harper. Who's going to be there in between them? Who's going to start center field for the Phillies on opening day? Who do you Who do you think has the leg up going into camp? It's a great question because there's not really a good answer. There really isn't. I mean, it's and, and you know, to a credit, man, I guess like you know, there's good springs past where you look at that, you know, you look at the field and you're like, well, who's going to be here? Who's going to be there? Who's going to be there? Center field is the only position that they really have a question mark at this spring. So Scott Kingery could be there. Adam Hazley could be there. Roman Quinn could be there. Here's my this is my cop out. It's all cop out. Is that I don't think there's going to be a regular guy. I, I think they're going to. You know, I don't see any of those guys, you know, exceeding the other so well that they end up getting the lion's share of playing time. I think it's just going to be a constant revolving door where they'll play matchups. You know, maybe if one guy's going good, he gets to, you know, they ride him for a week. Uh, I'm sure there'll be injuries. So I don't think there's going to be a set guy there. I mean, I think they want Scott Kingery to win the job. Kingery just kind of bounce around the field. He's the infielder by trade. He's coming off of a really bad year where, you know, there was a lot of other factors at play. He had COVID. He had some shoulder issues. Uh, but, you know, he's been something of a disappointment his first three years in signing, you know, a big-time contract before he ever played a big league game. They like Kingery, and I think they would like to see him, you know, win that job in center field. But I, I think they're just going to go with, uh, you know, all hands on deck, really, in center field there. All right, I have the questions. Matt had the answers. Thanks for coming on, Matt. I really appreciate it. Drive down to Savannah, get there safe, listen to your book, uh, just get down to Clearwater, man, and enjoy yourself, and maybe we'll talk down the line. Sounds good, Walter. Thanks Thanks for having me, and uh, baseball is almost here. It, it, it feels good, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't wait, man. Can't wait. And, again, that was Matt Gelb of The Athletic beat writer for the Philadelphia Phillies. Go ahead and give him a follow on Twitter at Matt Gelb to get all your up-to-date content on the Philadelphia Phillies. Find out what's going on with Real Milto. Find out what's going on with Reese Hoskins. Who's going to win that? Uh, those final two spots in the rotation. All of that and more because the Phillies, they do have a lot of questions going into spring training. But like I said, Matt has the answer. So I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. And coming up in future podcasts, we will be talking Orioles, we'll be talking Yankees, and much, much more. So make sure to click that subscribe button. Make sure to follow the podcast so you don't miss out on anything coming up. You won't want to miss it. So I'm going to leave you guys here. You guys have a good one. Be safe, and I'll talk to you next time.